0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We've got a fun podcast for you today. Excited to share this one with you. I'm I'm really enjoying these fun podcasts with a little bit of collaboration between myself and Seth. And it definitely makes it a lot more fun when it's not just myself talking on these things. So Seth, do I have you today?
1: You do. What's up, man?
0: Hey, not much. Uh, Seth was telling me that he's got a, a bit of a head cold right now, so he might sound a little funky.
1: Yeah, it might be a little nasally. <laughs> Getting uh, sick in the summer, man. It's I'm rough. I was going to say,
0: you're, you're, that's a little jacked up. You shouldn't be doing that during the summer, man. That's, that's wintertime uh, stuff. No kidding. It's uh, it's primetime scouting season right now. You should be out <laughs> scouting and doing all that kind of fun stuff. Right. Yeah, well, before we get going, as always, we want to thank our, our title sponsor, which is Vortex Optics. Appreciate them. I actually spent some time on the mountain this past weekend. Oh, gosh, I hung about to hang five or six trail cameras um, spent some time behind some glass took some pictures through the the old vortex razor um, binoculars uh, I' actually post some pictures of that on on Facebook and, and Instagram um, didn't see anything amazing but saw some cool little bucks and saw a lot of deer actually it was, it was a really fun weekend and got the trail cameras up and a few of the hot spots so We'll check them in a week or two and, and see what we got. So, but we want to thank Vortex Optics for sponsoring and, and supporting us here at E Hunter. Also, want to thank Grim Reaper. Uh, just posted up a new article about Grim Reaper on the website, and it's posted up on Facebook. So go check it out, man. Got a lot of uh, interaction with that. A lot of people love those Grim Reaper broadheads.
1: Yeah, they they know what's up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of my buddies, Tyler. Yeah, uh, uh, I gave him a shout out in our last podcast, but or one of our, one of our most recent podcasts, and uh, he posted a picture on there. And apparently, he's been using Grim Reapers like this entire time and has had tons of success with it. So, good good broadheads.
1: Yeah, t- yeah. I seen. I think I saw that post. Yeah, Tyler had a nice buck he showed with them, and and I've used them for years. So they're they're good. They're a good broadhead. That's for sure.
0: So I'm going to have to make the switch now, Um, one, because they're awesome and are supporting us here at eHunter, but uh, two, and probably more importantly, sorry, Grim Reaper guys, but I guess maybe not sorry, but because they're effective. I mean, really when it comes down to it is I want an animal, you know, I want a broadhead that when I shoot an animal, it doesn't go very far and and kills over, you know. I'm not a really, I don't love the tracking game, you know, I don't like those four and six hour trackings. I like to watch (laughs) it drop in a hundred yards.
1: Right. Yep, so. they're they're good for that, especially if you uh you put it in the the bread basket, it's, it's game over. So
0: You know, and that's a lot of it right there, Seth. You kinda hit it on the head is is hitting that uh that bread basket. You hit the vitals, um, you have a pretty good chance of uh getting it down. But in that same breath, I, I think the gear makes a big difference, honestly. It does.
1: Know? It's it's true. If you get one that uh doesn't penetrate or, you know, doesn't you know, has its uh, design flaws. It'll it'll make it a lot worse of a a time for you.
0: Yeah, I've been using a different brand um, over the years. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the top mechanical brands out there. Everybody knows exactly who I'm talking about now. <laughs> um, anyways, they and they've worked great. Don't get me wrong. They they've been a great uh, broadhead. But I have I've I've shot animals and they've gone a lot further than I wanted them to. And I felt like they were really solid shots. So. Um, I think I'll be switching yeah. over to the Grim Reapers. In fact, I'm going to go grab some <laughs> and get them put on the arrows and shoot them and see how they do before hunting season, which is creeping up on us pretty quickly, man.
1: It's it's getting there, that's for sure. And if it's the, the brand, I think it is. My buddy had a, a similar issue. He <laughs> hit a whitetail in Kansas, and it ran so far it left the lease, and, and the wow. neighboring lease wouldn't let him go look for it. So.
0: Oh, that's jacked up.
1: Yep. <laughs> Where was this
0: at? What state was this in? Kansas. Kansas. Interesting, and that's actually an interesting point. You know these these uh, these deer leases and deer farms and and things like that. The the restrictions on that. We have a couple articles up on our website about that kind of stuff. And yeah, if you don't if you don't knock it down within that that lease or on that farm that you're hunting those things, you're uh you're kind of SOL.
1: A lot of the time, yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah sad deal especially when you know that you got a good shot on you know it's going to go down and it's just dead 100 yards into the other person's you know property so yeah. yep that's why i use grim reaper and just uh knock <laughs> him down pretty quickly you don't have to worry about that I, right
1: <laughs> i mean you know the you know the tagline man watch them drop
0: <laughs> yeah dude in archery if, if you watch them drop in archery that's that's the way to do it so and that's actually yep. what we're going to talk about tonight is is some archery being being creative with your archery Practice And uh, something I'm pretty excited to talk about. This is actually, I'm going to give credit to Seth. He's the one that came up with this idea. But um, I've really gotten into archery. I mean, I've always been into archery hunting. uh, And I was kind of one of those guys that, you know, I'd pick up my bow a couple weeks before the hunt and practice. And and that's really kind of all I did. And over the last couple of years, I've gotten a lot more creative with my my archery practice because of events like uh, Total Archery Challenge and, you know, local... 3D archery challenges and, and different um, competitions and things like that and so it's funny because I approach those things and you probably do the same thing I do Seth if you're ever in those competitions or events is you know I shoot those for target shooting but my whole mentality and, and behind all that is, is hunting I, that's how I approach it
1: right <clears throat> yeah that's and that's how I've gotten to be with practicing like I'll I'll shoot no- normally you know get get a feel for the bow make sure everything's on but once I know it's on, I, I shoot much more hunting-like scenarios. I set the target up, you know, maybe half the target. Well, we'll get into it. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into it. I, I, don't, I don't see why not. Okay. Let, let's jump into, uh, in fact, go for it, Seth. Keep building off okay. that. And what? Yeah, what do you do from there?
1: Okay, so sometimes I'll, well, most of the time now, I, I kind of set it up like a hunting scenario. So I'll take my target out uh into the neighboring uh, woods out here and I'll, you know, maybe hide half the target behind a tree. So you've only got a portion of what, you know, quote unquote, the vitals would be sticking out. Um, Take shots at different angles on that, you know, because it's very rarely in hunting. Are you going to have a wide open broadside shot? It's great when it happens, but you you can't bank on that every time. Um, Something else I do, I, I spend a lot of time, uh, kind of in that same type of scenario I spend a lot of time shooting from awkward positions, you know, a lot of drawing and shooting from your knees or a squatted position Um, I I usually, you know, walk it off to certain distances, take the rangefinder out get them weird half yardage distances and spend a lot of time in more hunting like scenarios, like I say, kneeling down shooting, you know, maybe have it hidden behind a tree and you're just sticking out the other side of a tree you know Stuff that would be more common to happen while you're hunting versus shooting in an open grassy backyard or field, like most people do, because at least you're shooting. I'm not. I'm not dogging on that. That that is very good, but very or very rarely do you get a wide open grassy field to shoot a,
0: an animal in. Right. That's you know that's the thing is all of us get the reps in, and you're very right, Seth. In that you know most of us shoot in our backyard. It's nice, grassy. It's it's you know. Um, not that bad, but um, that's not usually a, uh, a hunting situation. You know exactly what you're saying, Seth, is most hunting situations you're shooting at a at an animal that's halfway behind a tree or you're halfway behind a tree. Um, most of the ones I've shot, yeah, I am literally halfway behind a tree because I'm trying to be, you know, camouflage. Camo only does so much for you. And so, no, I agree. You've got to make those shots. Y- you- you've got to be creative in those shots because if you're not uh, yeah you're probably not going to have that same situation (laughs) when it comes time for uh august and september and you're you're actually pursuing that game so that's one thing i've really liked is the uh is a total archery challenge because um it puts you in those situations you know i have you ever done one seth
1: so i've done some 3d shoots but not an actual total archery challenge i've never been to one but i've done like uh there's a course in Provo here that I've done and then I've done one down in uh, Cedar City a couple years ago.
0: Oh really? Um,
1: Yeah it's up Cedar City I don't know if I'm talking correctly up Cedar City Canyon yeah I don't know what they call it but but up the canyon there they it's been probably mm, five years at this point but it was a really fun course the the last shot was like a hundred and 22 yards or something
0: <laughs> wow see that's so <laughs> that's awesome i mean you're not gonna have well i guess you no. you, you might have that shot you're not gonna take right. that shot take that shot yeah right. That mm-hmm. that's the thing yeah so so yeah you're gonna have some of those shots and during the total archery challenge there are those ones that are yeah 125 yards and you're like this isn't a you know a, a legit hunting shot but at that same time, getting creative in your practice is, you know, if, if you can shoot that 125-yard shot and, and actually hit the animal, then, you know, it's going to make you feel more comfortable on those closer shots. And so, so yeah, I, I did the Total Archery Challenge um, last year. I uh, wasn't able to go this year, sadly, because of my, uh, my day job. But, um, yeah, last year it was. It, I don't know. I wish I and I didn't have an archery tag in my pocket last year, and I wish I would have because I felt like I could have killed anything after last year. <laughs> I mean, I was just they they put them. You know, like when you're when you're shooting in the toilet archery challenge, you know they'll they'll give you a window of like six inches, and you're like, okay, that's not bad. Well, that's at sixty yards that you're shooting, right? And and so you know you've you've got to be precise and and I'm not gonna lie. I mean I left a few arrows up on the mountain uh that that weekend and and that's okay I think everybody did but
1: well is isn't that the joke that the the mm-hmm. uh arrow <clears throat> the, sorry excuse me the arrow companies designed that so they could sell more arrows
0: yeah that's <laughs> a, that's a conspiracy theory, is that uh, the arrow companies designed this Total Archery Challenge, or, or all the Archery Challenges, but this one specifically because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah, I did. I had to go buy some new arrows at the Total Archery Challenge, and they, man, they jab you with prices <laughs> at, the, at the event, so they know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they gotta make that money back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, you, you've gotta do that. So whether you're doing a Total Archery Challenge where you're actually in the event, or you know, if you're at home in your backyard, like you said, Seth, put something in the way. I guess that's what it really comes down to you to be creative is just put something in the way that's going to make you, you know, either put it in the way of yourself so that you're trying to shoot off of a different angle, whether that's kneeling, whether that's sitting, whether it's leaning out one way, you know, because that's how most of your shots are honestly going to be. I, I've had, a, I guess I've had a couple on animals where I'm like truly. You know, standing straight up and, and shooting, um, but for the most part, it's, it's a different angle. And then also, put something close to the target where, you know, it's uh, it's covering half of the target and you've got half of your window that you used to have that you're norm- you normally practice on so that you can really fine-tune those skills. Right.
1: And then, you know, that's that's basically, to me, that's the majority of my shooting is a lot of, of trying to, I guess, shrink what i'm trying to hit you know even if it's you know a tree or a, even if you don't have that access find a piece of wood or a garbage can or whatever <laughs> yeah. to cover up some of that that target to to make yourself be more precise so that when a buck steps out and you've only got you know four inches of vital or six inches of idle, you don't have to worry because you've done that shot before right
0: yep exactly and and know that, you know, all these shots are gonna be different. You're never gonna be able to completely reenact or not really reenact, but what's the word, being proactive about it, creating it beforehand, you're not gonna create that perfect shot before.
1: Yeah, recreate it or however you wanna
0: Yeah, create it before it happens it, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but you can you can get close. You got actually you just gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. Basically, what it is, because yep. you're never perfectly comfortable in hunting. Even if you're a wet, uh, an East Coast guy or East Eastern hunter that's shooting from a tree stand, I don't know how many guys have shot sitting down. Um, I did a an archery shoot just recently in Colorado with the Air Force Academy. Um, awesome 3D archery shoot, by the way. Put a little plug in for those guys. If you're in Colorado or anywhere close, they do it every summer. There's three legs to the tournament, and it is amazing. But they, they make it tough. Bill Pellegrino, um, who most people know, Cam Haynes, I believe, is actually started in, in Bill's shop. Um, he's the one that sets up the course. And, uh, you know, you think that John Dudley sets things up pretty hard. Well, I, I think that there he's in competition with uh, Bill Pellegrino because Bill is trying to make things even harder than the, the Total Archie Challenge. But some of those shots were uh, sitting down or kneeling down, and, and that's pretty tough. Yeah, you know, so guy shooting from his tree stand is... It's not easy.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot of my shots lately. Are, are I, I kneel down or squat down and try to shoot in a squatting position because a lot of where I hunt out west in the desert, there's not a ton of cover. And so there's times I've needed to shoot from my butt or actually from my knees. Uh, and it's just a different process to get the bow drawn back and everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it just changes the whole situation, scenario, whatever you want to call it. And so, yeah, I guess just get comfortable being uncomfortable shooting a bow. Make it a hard shot. Don't, you know, a lot of us think, okay, well, and we do. I mean, when you shoot target archery, you know, you're uh, you're checking the cant of your bow with your bubble. You're finding that perfect, um, you, you know, your, your perfect, um, oh, my gosh. what's the What do we call that? I, I just lost my, my train of thought. Like the... Anchor point. anchor point. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Anchor point. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like you get so used to a, a system of how to do things and then, you know, you go out hunting and it wrecks all of that. So just get used to not having that. Try different things. Try having your bow canted a different way. Um, you want to avoid it at all costs. Even in a hunting situation, you want to be able to have that bubble where it needs to be, have that good anchor spot. But, you know, you might be in a position that you're not. So you want to make sure that you're comfortable with that.
1: Yep. And... You know, that kind of rolls into the, the next one I had, which is kind of all one major umbrella, but another one I've begun to practice a lot more is uh, elevation change shots from different levels, Cause, and you know this pretty well out here in the West, and, and it works well for whitetail hunters, too, because um, they're shooting a lot from tree stands, but very rarely is it flat, either. I, I shoot a, Lately, I shoot a lot of downhill, a lot of uphill, because... Most guys know arrows act a lot differently when you're shooting uphill versus flat versus downhill.
0: So, yeah, yep. Have a good range finder too. <laughs> that helps. That does help. <laughs> oh man, if I if if we didn't have range finders that look at the true ballistic range, uh, I'd be I'd be wasting a lot more arrows. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the that's the funny thing with me. I've out of the three I've, or actually the four archery kills I've. Taken only one of them was rangefinded.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Everything else was just in my
0: head. I'm like, yeah, that's probably this far. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. That that's that's savage. Oh, you're right yeah, there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I mean, I will say some of it is is practice and repetition and kind of just knowing. Okay, from from using a range finder too helps. You know, you yeah. range. guy, I think it's this far, and then you range it, actually see how close you are. Um, but maybe it's a uh, my hunting style that three of the four times I felt I didn't have time to range him
0: (laughs) but that's a good point and getting creative with your archery uh practice is get used to that put your target out there and just walk out to a random point and and guess how far it is and either shoot it at that and see where you Mm -hmm. hit or guess how far it is and then range it and see how close you were get used to being Able to uh, pick those those ranges in your head because you're right, Seth. I mean, not every uh, scenario you're going to have the ability to pull up your rangefinder and say, "Oh, yep, this is 35 yards, this is 55 yards, whatever," and and know exactly what it is and be able to dial your uh, slider sight to it, and you know
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess that's just the way. I, I kind of luck. Well, I shouldn't say luckily, but and you're probably this way. When we first. Started shooting and growing up, nobody had a rangefinder. We just walked it off and and hoped we were right. And we missed a lot of we missed a lot of deer. Luckily, I never wounded any, but I missed a lot of deer. Um, but as I got older and started using a rangefinder, I think that early years kind of helped me know uh, a little better how to guess range, um, at least within archery range. You know, it starts to get distance. I have a fairly decent you know, guess, but but that still can get tricky as well.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny? Like, where I'm really good is... I'm not good with uh, archery ranges, honestly. Like, between 35 and 55, mm-hmm. I'm not good there. I'm just going to be completely honest with everybody. Um, right. What's funny is where I am good is with a rifle, and I can see, mm-hmm. you know, like, because you don't have to be so precise with a rifle, you know, 250 or 300 yards, there's really not that big of a difference, but I can right. usually pretty close to that 50 mark uh 50 yard mark be able to tell you how far that animal is away up until like 600 700 yards so that's that's where i excel
1: (laughs) see and i'm i'm pretty decent at distance like that you know if if i see a buck i'm like okay he's well within you know a certain range um and i'm okay with that but i i will talk a little bit of crap on my buddy jared he's not
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't do Jared dirty like that.
1: No. I I mean he is my buddy, but there's been a few times he says, Oh, it's probably that far and I'm like No And I range it and it's much, much further than he thinks it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's why those rangefinders uh, let me show send out another uh plug for Vortex Optics, man. They have that uh Razor four thousand Rangefinder, dude. You can't beat that range Have you used one of those?
1: No, but I'm I'm eyeballing one for the uh, Colorado
0: hunt. So, uh, well worth the money for anybody <laughs> that wants one. That is, and I've used a ton of different ones. Um, I won't list all the ones that I've used in the past, but man, that Razor Four Thousand, it is just amazing. Actually, what I really would like to do is get the new binoculars. You know, the AB Five Thousands, F- Furies or whatever, or, uh-huh, what the Furies. Yep. Yeah. That would be because those ones give you everything, you know. They, they can take into account wind and uh, oh man, I digress. But <laughs> uh, pretty cool stuff, so that you can know those ranges perfectly and make that perfect shot when you when you can. Right. So, right. you know, one other thing that I wanted to talk about, Seth, and something that I've been doing a lot this year. Is uh, my good buddy John Dudley? He's not my good buddy. I've never met the guy in my life, but I'm just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty good shot with a bow. You know, if you guys have yeah. followed John Dudley and, and knock on and all that, but he did this cool series this year, um, preparing for all the tacks because you know he's a big player in the total archery challenges, and um, he made this series called Plan of Attack. You know, a little run a little pun on the uh, the tag total archery challenge, and in that series, I think there's eight. Um, eight videos that he, he addresses different things to help you be creative in your archery practice. And he calls it arc flaws. So A-R-C-F-L-A-W-S. So the A is, so I'll just run through it real quickly. I won't, um, go into the details on all of them, but so A is for assess, R for range, C calibrate, F is for footing, which I, I really like that one. Going back to your point, Seth, about you know up and down hills and, and things like that. Your footing is not going to be perfect. attack. your footing is not going to be perfect. Hunting, and so getting used to not to shooting when your footing isn't perfect. Do your best to get it the best it can, but it may not be perfect. Um, L stands for lean, so that that leaning, you know, that cant of your bow. Right. And if you're shooting on a mountainside, lean into that mountain, bring that cant back a little bit uh... a stands for arc you know the arc of your bow or your arrow and so you, you know if you're not going to hit a limb or, or whatever uh... w stands for wind and then s is for sight setting um, if you guys haven't watched those videos i highly recommend them i have no relationship with john dudley or knock on or anything like that i just found those very very useful and things that i because he, he in the videos he's on the mountain it's snowing in some of them and he's just, he's making all of his shots um, kind of tailored to those different acronym you know, those letters of the acronyms. And I, I felt it really, or I found it very helpful to go out and do the same thing myself. You know, especially like leaning, like lean into that mountain. So I started shooting some some side mountain angle shots and, and bringing that cant into the mountain a little bit. And man, it made me feel a whole lot better. Or like the wind, he talks about in the wind canting your bow against the wind so if you have a left you know the wind's coming off your left can't to the left to lean into that wind a little bit and actually straighten your arrow out the flight of your arrow out so um just trying to be really creative in the way that i have planned my archery uh, training and practice and that arc flaws that he put together is is pretty fantastic i don't seth have you seen that at all
1: uh i have not actually i'm gonna go watch it when we're done here
0: do it it's it's awesome it really it was super helpful and it you know guys you can find a lot of stuff on youtube and and hopefully we can start producing some of that kind of stuff for you here pretty soon that helps with this as well to be that resource but you can find a lot of stuff to to be creative in the way that you practice your archery and and this arc flaws by by john john dudley and knock on um it's it's fantastic so yeah check it out
1: well that actually brings up a good point um I was actually thinking about doing this more this year because um, I've had this happen twice now where I'm actually afraid to take a shot because I'm sure, like in my own mind, that my arrow was going to hit limbs above my or in my shooting lane. Uh-huh. I, really, I really need to, to set up something uh, with objects in the shooting lane before the target so that I know <laughs> to a better degree how high my arrows arc at certain distances and know if I can actually make a shot through the window I'm looking through. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting, you know, something else I played with when I played around with when I, I got my new Matthews bow is, you know, because it, it shot a lot faster than my previous bow.
1: We got two Matthews guys on the same podcast? Heck we're gonna yeah! Get a lot of, we're going to get a lot of slander.
0: Dude, <laughs> if you don't shoot Matthews, I, just, I don't even know if I could talk to you anymore. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm not a hater. I, I shot Hoyt forever, but yeah. my Hoyt it was a little bit older, so and it shot significantly slower. Interestingly enough, it was the same poundage that I'm shooting with my Matthews, but uh, right my Matthews it is a flat shooting sucker, and so like going back to the total Archie challenge, um, I was so much more successful than um, I thought I would have been, or even other people, because you know they would nail limbs hanging down, and I would mm. shoot right under it, and boom, nail the target right where I wanted to, so I didn't have to worry about it as much, so something to think about as you're preparing your equipment for a you know the hunt, and, and thinking outside the box, and so then be a little bit creative, is make sure your equipment is dialed in to be able to do those things, if you can, you know, obviously okay. some people can't shoot a 95 pound bow like me, but, okay. you No, know. <laughs> <laughs> me and Joe Rogan, yeah, yeah us podcasters, um. dude, we can pull back a big bow, <laughs> yeah i i
1: am a a matthews guy and i've been for quite a while but but like taryn said no hate i've i grew up shooting a pse and then i transitioned to one that'll get you real excited i shot a browning adrenaline for years and years it was like browning's only solo cam for a uh-huh. long time <laughs> uh-huh yeah uh and it just got to be that it was just old and turned way up up way too much it uh sounded like a gunshot going off when i released the arrow towards the end so it was time to upgrade and then i i ended up shooting a bunch of different bows and i've i've stuck with the matthews for a long time i don't uh, i don't upgrade like a lot of guys i'm i'm still shooting a little bit older matthews but i love it so
0: yeah i don't upgrade as much as i sh- probably should <laughs> either um but i don't know that i'll ever go away from matthews now you know I you just find something that works for you. And like I said, the Hoyt did work for me, um, but it was, it was a game changer. When I put this Matthews in my hand, it just felt so, so much better. And, and I've, I've shot a whole lot better with it. So I I think, you know, different strokes for different folks. And that's why there's so many brands out there. And that's why so many brands can be successful that, you know, what works for you and I doesn't work for Curtis, you know, Curtis will hunt with something different. You and I will hunt with something different. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this game.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's a big thing that that Taryn talked about is get something that feels right because because when I shot I sh- when I was looking for a new bow years ago when I before I got the Matthews I I shot a ton of different bows and honestly the the two that felt the best were the Matthews and the Bear and you don't you know what I mean you don't yeah. see many guys shooting bears but it felt very very good um, but the Matthews just beat it out just a little bit so that's what I ended up going with.
0: Yeah, I did the same thing. Shot every bow on the on the rack, um, and I did. So I bought my bow last year. I've got the uh, VXR, or no, yeah. yeah, that's what mine is. And um, you know the the RX5 or whatever the Hoyt one was felt pretty good. Um, I did not like the Prime. I did not like the Elite. <laughs> um, some of those other ones I I really did not like. But yeah, it's kind of the same story as you, Seth. I mean the the Matthews just it just beat everything out. Felt so smooth, dead in the hand. I mean, just oh. yeah.
1: That was that was me with the. I actually didn't like the Hoyt at all, uh, for some reason, and I didn't like the botech It was neither one of them felt very good
0: to me. So oddly I was, enough, I actually kind of liked the Botech I don't know why, yeah. but that one felt actually the two that I came down to was the PSE. Uh, what one was it? I apologize, guys. I can't remember. I need Garrett on here to tell me what boat it is. but um, it was the P- down to the PSC and the Matthews were the two that I came down to. But uh, I just couldn't help myself. The Matthews just felt perfect. So, anyways, this is not a Matthews commercial, by the no, way. No, sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> Matthews. If you're listening, it could be. But hey, you know,
1: yeah, call call, call us up. <laughs> Give me and Taryn brand new bows, and it can be a Matthews commercial every year. No, I'm absolutely, just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, I just appreciate uh,
0: them. They're they're a good business. Good guys. Um, one of the guys that I I hunt with is really good with Matt McPherson. Uh, they've done a lot of work together, and uh, you know they make some pretty dang good guitars too that we've we've kind of played around with. But great guys at that company too. So. No, it's, they're, they're cool. But, you know, guys, at the end of the day, like kind of what we talked about, I mean, you got to get your reps in for sure. Don't do what I've done in the past. Pick up your bow a week or two before the hunt. I think you're good to go. Uh, it's just not, not cool. Find ways to, to get that bow in your hands. Like I said, sign up for Total Archery Challenges. Sign up for local 3D archery shoots or other kind of tournaments and, and competitions. Um, you know, get with some buddies and set up a, a target system in your local area that, you know, you guys can go out on the weekends, get your family involved, get your kids out there shooting, you know, get that bow in your hands as much as you possibly can, and then once that bow's in your hand, kind of what we talked about today, is just, yeah, just be creative in it, don't just shoot rep, rep after rep after rep, standing on your, on your lawn, perfectly level, shooting perfectly level to a, a bulldog target across the grass, you know, I mean, make it, uh, make it interesting, ruin some arrows if you have to you know you, you've got to have that experience yep that is for sure so cool well guys that'll pretty much wrap it up i hope this was very uh, helpful for you guys uh, i hope that you guys get involved in this and if you guys have any other things that you feel like you do that's uh creative in your your archery practice let us know i'm, I'm always happy to add more to my repertoire as far as practice goes so let us know what you all do to prepare for uh, for archery season. And like we said, it's coming up. Um, we're just we're less than a month away in some areas for it starting. So hopefully you guys have your uh, your deer located that you want to go after and, and are prepared for it physically and with your gear and, and all that. But uh, we look forward to what the archery season and all the seasons have in store for us. And if you guys are successful, and, and harvest some amazing animals would love to see it so tag us in uh tag us in your pictures on social media we'd love to see them so before we end uh, seth i've got a couple things i wanted to you know just some laundry list things but do you have anything for the the folks
1: uh i think we covered it okay what's
0: up i'm just gonna um you know let everybody know we are on tiktok now um seth's got a couple videos up there i've got a couple that i just need to upload to it so follow us on tiktok and there's not a lot of uh, hunting content content on there, and I'd love to saturate that platform with hunting content. I'd like to saturate everything with it because hunting is amazing, and there's a lot of stupid stuff on there too that we won't go into details. But <laughs> So we are on TikTok, eHunter underscore official. Same thing as our uh, Instagram handle. So if you guys are on TikTok, go and, and follow us. We're, we'll try to be a resource on there for you guys as well as continue our other Um, platforms and then um, got some really cool podcasts coming up here in the near future a really really big one recording it uh, here next couple days with Wyatt Buback of the Utah DWR he's the chief warden and we're going to get into the weeds of this Utah baiting bill and, and hear it from the horse's mouth of you know where this came from why we're doing this how it looks and then what happens if you get caught baiting and how are they (laughs) going to catch you so uh, be on the lookout for that podcast I think that one's going to be one that a lot of people are going to want to uh, tune in for so well Seth I hope you get feeling better man
1: yeah I'll get there
0: (laughs) Okay, let me know if you need anything and uh, guys appreciate your uh, support of the the podcast please make sure and share it around and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode thanks guys see ya